After 200 years of training, Google's DeepMind AI has defeated humanity at something only humans are supposed to be good at until now. Yes, I am talking about Alpha Star. This is recent news that has happened. Is this even a big milestone? We'll talk about that. AI engineering, we'll talk about that as well. Yes, there is now a position called Artificial Intelligence Engineer. Stay tuned. This is the Engineering IRL Podcast, a place for engineers in the real world. We try to break down engineering concepts and figure out how to apply them to real life. Let's become better problem solvers, better engineers. This is your host, Andrew Sario. Let's begin. Today's shoutouts go to Ashley Moore, Raymond Aitona, and Andres Ariaga. Thanks for being part of today's show, you the real MVPs. Hello everyone and welcome to the Sario Dev Show, Engineering IRL, where I take you through engineering concepts and teach you how to apply them to real life. In today's episode, in today's revision, we get to talk about something pretty cool. Yes, we are talking about Alpha Star. Okay, if you're unfamiliar with what Alpha Star is, you heard it from the intro, it's Google DeepMind AI, yeah, playing StarCraft 2. If it sounds familiar, it's because there was a there was a big news headline about Alpha Go. Same program, but it's playing a different game. The game is called Go. And one of the things I did want to cover off in this episode is is this how big is this milestone, right? I want to get, I want to drill the idea that an artificial intelligence has defeated humans and professional gamers at that at a game called StarCraft II. Okay, so either you're going to be unfamiliar with um, artificial intelligence and its significance, or you're going to be unfamiliar with StarCraft, or both, or neither doesn't matter I'm going to show you why well what kind of significance this is and then let's say if you are familiar with both sides let's see how I can explain it because sometimes if you're trying to get that message across it's a lot more challenging to someone that's unfamiliar with with how difficult these things are with the concepts being so new you know I think it's akin to like if you early days you explained someone the internet to someone right before anyone knew the concept of the internet and your prime example is like oh there's a phone book that you can get with a computer that you can see on the computer they'll be like well a computer is twice as heavy you need a screen and electricity just to see the phone book when I have a phone book how stupid is that right that's the starting point and I think that's where we're at with artificial intelligence we're not thinking about the, uh, the problems that it does solve we're not thinking about how difficult it is a problem that it is solving in the first place. We're so used to computers doing so many things so well, right? And humans doing so many things so well. What artificial intelligence is doing is kind of um, letting computers do well what we thought only humans could do well. All right, so let's dive in. I'm going to look at the artificial intelligence side first. And there's going to be a lot of other coverage about the event and the details of the of the event and also you can google 
artificial intelligence and understand neural networks and all the technicalities. I'm not going to do, go there. What I'm going to try to do is break it down further and, and, see, and see if we can come, with, come up with why it is so impressive. Spoiler alert, I do think it's impressive. Okay, so... With the artificial intelligence, we've seen computers play games like chess and video games before. You verse the computer, they're called AIs. They're called artificial intelligences, right? You verse them and you know they work on certain, certain algorithms and they get certain advantages because they have the whole library of moves or they get to see all the data input quicker than anyone else, right? So, that, so what they do is because humans can defeat them, they just usually a programmer will program an artificial intelligence to have advantages that a human wouldn't have to keep up with the human because a human can be creative and abuse you know things that an artificial intelligence doesn't know what to do now what this is what this is those aren't actually ai okay like when you play on the computer the little chess game right you play the chess game and then it's versing you it's doing all moves and when you go to the hard move hard mode it's really difficult now the reason why is because a programmer can pre-program all the steps necessary all the counters all the inputs all the outputs that the computer needs dependent on your moves it, it knows ahead of time and it's given a set of instructions and it can do those well okay computers what computers do well is follow a set of instructions perfectly every time all the time right humans can do it up to, well, they'll typically have 10% chance of error. That's what we do in the engineering world, okay? 10% chance of human error. And it doesn't sound like much, but it's a lot. And that's like average, right? So, so an excellent person at their job, 10% failure rate, okay? So that's what computers are good at. Now, when you do a move that isn't in the list of instructions for the chess computer player to do it's completely lost okay what humans are good at is doing like um, without instructions making it up there's this creativity there's this like uh, different way of thinking well there's actual thinking now um, without going too much detail artificial intelligence what's cool about it is the chess player that played um, chess you know against the chess grandmaster had none of the computer advantages. He had zero instructions. No instructions. No one told it how to play. No one told it, you know, when you when this piece moves here, then move your piece here. There is no instruction. Okay. What the chess player had was um, the information on like thousands and thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of chess games that were played in the past, and the outcome of those chess games. Okay, and what it would do is it would learn all the moves and the outcomes and then it would then get to know when one side or the other side would win, right? Which moves equate to winning chess. It learns it. Okay, and that's the cool part because no one's written the how part. They've just given it a bunch of data about the games. Okay. If you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're not understanding the significance of data, go to the previous episode, 26. We, I, I drill you engineers about databases a little bit. 
and why you should be more familiar with them. Anyway, it just uses a whole bunch of data. Like imagine just, it, it's kind of like how we learn concepts, right? If you think about a tree, okay? Every single individual tree you look at now, you can recognize and go, that's a tree. But if someone said, draw a tree, one tree, and you could only draw one, you're gonna draw an ideal tree or enough of the concept that someone can understand and take that picture, take thousands of data of trees and go, okay, that's a tree. Computers can do that now. Scary thought, no one knows how, but they can do it. We know the result. We don't exactly know how it thinks per se. There's, you know, details about um, the neural nets and all that sort of stuff, but at the end of the day, why does it link? Eh, is it just that? No, it's not just statistics. Anyway, that's beside the point. It can recognize and it can do all of that stuff. Very cool, very cool, very cool. Done. Now here's the thing. It learns based on the data, spams it, and then from there starts to predict, hey, you know what? I know with a 99% or 90% accuracy that this is going to be the result based on the inputs that I see. And that's cool. This is data that we know because it's been tested. So this is like those thousands and thousands of data inputs that games have been already played. Then what they do is they test it, you know, they get maybe a human to play it. And when the human plays it, we see if it's still accurate about who's going to win. Or a live game happens and as the moves happen, it predicts with whatever percentage who's going to win. And then what gets really crazy about it is um, what they do is the opponent is another instance of that same um, of that same player of the same artificial intelligence. So you got artificial two artificial intelligence with the same set of data and understanding concepts of winning and losing, right? They have a ninety nine percent accuracy of determining the winner and loser of chess. Very cool. Then they verse each other, and then they use that data and they feed that back in. Okay, and then they make make them verse each other, verse each other, verse each other thousands of times or hundreds of times until they get so advanced that they, the, the game of chess they're playing is actually pretty cool, is actually very advanced, is actually grandmaster level. You have to understand, this is like, when you think of, oh, I'm learning the game of chess, this is why artificial intelligence doing the same thing we do, even though it takes like, you'll say, you know, I, I learned to play chess at a grandmaster level in a thousand games in a year. And AlphaGo, or Alpha, I don't know what the Alpha Chess one was, but anyways, the artificial intelligence had to play tens of thousands of games, right, in a week. Well, forget the week part, but tens of thousands of games, let's say it's 10 years of games, or it might even actually be more likely 100 years of games to get to Grandmaster level, what I mastered in a year. But the way artificial intelligence learns is actually when you learn chess, you have a lot of base information that you learned as a baby, okay? You understand what pieces are, you understand what shapes are, you, you understand different pieces can mean different things, they can represent different things, right? Then you learn all the moves and all this chess stuff, but prior to the chess stuff, prior to, you know, a knight does this, a pawn moves like this, you know, prior to learning any strategy, you already can understand the concept of a game. You can already understand the concept of chess. You can walk. You can walk to the chess table to play chess, right? 
all of these things that you take for granted that are just not even it's like layers that exist that an artificial intelligence doesn't have it doesn't have any concept of its own existence right so its entire existence is chess so he actually goes from baby a baby artificial intelligence to a full-fledged grandmaster whereas you go from at least an adult that can get to the chess table to play the game and then you become grandmaster well some of us do definitely not me now that's what i'm trying to say though it's it's more akin to learning its own nature of existence from scratch every time it's being born it does a move it it fails it doesn't even understand it just does random moves for no reason right like a baby squirming around it goes through baby years and toddler years and all that sort of stuff then it starts playing what seems to be chess at a beginner level and that might be after the you know like a 8,000 games, right? Let's say it's out of 10,000. It might be by six or 7,000 games. There'll be actual numbers about this, but anyways, it'll be about six or 7,000 games just to get to the baby level. And then those next, you know, 3,000 years gets all the way up to Grandmaster. Right, that's more how it works. That's, it has so much base knowledge that it has to learn and it has to understand. And the way it learns is like a baby fumbling around. Because you as an adult, right, or even you as a child, like when, when, when I learned the game of chess in primary school, what it was like was, you know, as you learned something, you locked it in and you moved on, right? I didn't, I didn't randomly move pieces every game. Well, it was pretty much random, but I'm saying when the artificial intelligence does it random, when you do it random, you're doing it with random with some sort of intent behind it, right? And then, and then it's generally random because you have nothing to base it off but you've got some intent that you can base it off so the next time you go around your intention was this you try something different that's less random about that intention whereas the chess game literally goes random it might be a move that makes zero there is no attempt at logic or sense it's spamming okay it's spamming so that's why it takes a lot longer that's why it sounds when i tell you it took 200 years worth of starcraft game playing 24 by 7 just to get to this level doesn't sound that impressive but the thing is you can learn 200 years of starcraft in a week which is what it took okay so artificial intelligence doing anything um cool that has decision making is really cool okay it's really difficult to do so if you think about if you think about the fact that um in chess there's so many moves there are so many moves that can make there are so many things that can change that changes the outcomes right make that's what makes it difficult because you one move means 15 other things and then that one of those next 15 could mean another next of 15 moves and if you keep multiplying that down it is a whole ton of moves right when you play chess you might think there's only a few moves but there's a whole ton right there is a whole ton okay so difficult to do then go comes along go has infinitely more um moves and then starcraft comes along and starcraft has again an infinite amount of different moves that you can make okay compared to chess and to go but there's a biggest factor about it is it's real-time strategy okay the whole video game genre is called real-time strategy what does that mean or what's the main difference between that so it's the same thing anything can change at any moment but in chess and go it's turn-based I make my move, and that could mean, you know, exponential amount of things. 
then you make a move and that could change the, 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 the data points exponentially as well. Boom, 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 every move. In StarCraft, between each move, someone could have made five. You could have made two. They could have made ten. Something like that. It's active. So the other person, if you blink or you take a breath, the other person could have made five moves in that time. It could have all meant different things or it could mean one thing, okay? And in a video game like StarCraft, what they measure this in is actions per minute, okay? Average professional player can get in that 400 actions per minute kind of speeds. I played StarCraft 2 at a very, 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 very noob and basic level, okay? And I might be closer to that 50 to 100 actions per minute, okay? I could spam and click like crazy to get to 400 actions per minute, right? But it would be meaningless. It le- I'd just be spam clicking for absolutely no reason, right? The meaningful side might be closer to those lower numbers. So here I am, human that operates at 50 actions to 100 actions per minute. You go all the way to a, a, a professional player that can play up to 400 actions per minute with some you know, high level of accuracy. This is the speed of a professional player and they're all meaningful clicks. And if you don't, you're not fathoming 400 actions per minute right now. You really aren't, okay? Think of someone really, uh, a really fast typer, okay? Someone who can type super fast. You just hear this, like the keyboard's going ham. That speed, that speed that you can imagine someone typing super fast, like uh, like in a courtroom, you know, there's that person that, uh, I don't even know the name of that job, but they type, you know, the transcript, at live full-time speed they're like going ham that is the speed at which our starcraft player is moving they're clicking that many keys if you, if you haven't seen it you need to go to um just watch starcraft like go to youtube search for starcraft um professional play live or something like that or keyboard and they show you some of the top pros in the way that they move then you watch the screen and that screen is jumping around everywhere. They've got such huge surface area to cover and information that they need and commands they need to do because you're doing something pretty crazy in StarCraft. You're doing uh, management of a whole ecosystem. So you need to be building your resources and then you use those resources to build an army and then that army you use to fight another army, but you can control the army individual units up to 200 units simultaneously. So it'll be 200 versus 200 army each unit will be fighting. If you can control individual units better than the other guy, then you'll defeat the other guy's army of equal size, right? So there's details and this is what we call micro. And then someone that's a really good macro player is managing their economy to the maximum efficiency. They have to do that at the same time while taking consideration the other person's doing it at the same time while attacking each other over this map. Someone can attack your resources or attack your army directly. There's so many things happening at once, so many things that can change. It is that difficult of a video game. It's one of the top. There's an entire professional league about it. It's the longest standing professional game there is. If you poo-poo on video games thinking it can't be that hard, I think that the competition that exists in these video games is actually higher than most sports. Because competition is competition. It doesn't matter what the hell it is. When you put a human to its limits and another human to his limits and they both think they're the best and they'll do anything to beat the other person, shit gets crazy. They do inhumane stuff. They do professional gamer level things that you as a human can't do. If you watch sports, 
the argument can't be, oh, you can just play the game yourself. Yeah, then why aren't you playing basketball outside and you're watching the sport? Why aren't you playing soccer right now? You'd rather watch the World Cup. Why? Why is that important? Because you want, there's two parts. There's the, there's the culture. Okay, maybe three parts. Anyway, there's the culture, right? There's the fact that you want to see the highest level of skill that, that there is in the game. You want to see the highest level of skill that you can't do. You, you're basically doing the same actions, but you can't do that at the level that they do. You're seeing something that you can't do, but it's so relevant to you because you can go outside and kick the ball yourself right now. Right? You can attempt these things, but to get that accuracy, level, speed, pace, intensity, actually only the professionals do. Right? And that's because they get paid a hell of a lot of money for it, and they get paid a hell of a lot of money because a lot of people watch. StarCraft II P players are millionaires. You have to understand, there's millions at stake in these video games. They've even been boycotted. You can bet on them. This is serious stuff. And if you've seen a StarCraft 2 player and if you've attempted the game to get to any competent level and you see the levels that some of these guys reach, it is insane. And the reason is, is sports, you can only play in certain hours. Your body only lets you play for so long. Then you study film. That's the two things you do. In StarCraft, you can play literally any time. That's the thing. So the competition is higher. The level of skill, the skill ceiling is higher than most sports because there's no physical factor. It's all mental. It is a mental marathon, okay? Some people lose on the mental side. So this is what I'm trying to say. It's super hella difficult to play StarCraft 2. Now, for an artificial intelligence to be a baby and go through the motions and play these professional players, and I'm going to spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, they go 10-0. Oh, 10-1. 10-1. Okay, and you can talk about the advantages and disadvantages. Look, they tried to make it as fair game as possible, the AI was limited to input at the speed at which a human can, so they, let, they capped it at about 400 APM to match a professional player on average. And you can watch the APMs live, and it's pretty cool. It's, it's, it's not doing too crazy. You're not just going, oh, it had inhumane this, right? It's, it's, it's playing pretty well. It's got, it can only put in certain inputs. And the processing speed from thought... When I say thought, you know, the processing through the neural net to decision to input to the game is approximately 300 milliseconds. I think it's like 3.3, right? No, 330. Anyway, you might go, well, I don't know what that... A human can operate at that, can do that. What's your reaction time? Someone throws something at your face. What's your reaction time? It feels close to instantaneous, but really there's a delay. You know, you're, you're in that hundreds of milliseconds time, right? In a second, you can do a whole bunch of reactions. Do it now. Poof. Like zero, one. That's one second. You can react five things at that time. So it's, it, it, so it's fair. I may need to go into a second episode about this because I think it's that cool. If you didn't get nerd chills about this topic, oh, I'm telling you, it is. The production is amazing. I'll leave a link in the description below. It's hella good. If you, if you haven't seen an esports event, this is one that's pretty cool. If you're a nerd, that's pretty cool too. I'm going to touch on AI engineers very briefly here. So AI engineering is now a position that they're trying to create. Some companies are trying to create. And you might think, well, data science, like it's such a new field. What is engineering scope? It is a little bit of all of artificial intelligence, but it is the ability to implement, build systems around artificial intelligence, run models, do data analysis. It's the whole thing. But you also have to consider that every industry is going to need to take advantage of data and analytics. And a lot of those industries really need engineers because they have to understand the other system at which they are under, that they are analyzing, that they are working with.
that they are doing things for. So there's going to be a lot, a lot, a lot of focus in this space and a lot of things that can happen. So it's a real position and it's a real six-figure engineer salary position, right? Mid, like, not just reaching six figures, well into the six figures. Apparently, according to some reports, I'll put a, uh, if you go to sorrydev.com, there'll be an article there soon that tells you some of the companies that are claiming this, some of the reports. And there are artificial intelligence companies that are creating positions called artificial engineers because they need them. Right, some data scientists are really keen about the data, but they're not so keen on getting the infrastructure to get the data in the first place, building the systems that let them do the processing of the data in the first place, and then how to present them. And then what you also need is domain expertise. Okay, so engineers are the exper experts in so many fields that they are the domain experts and they need to be a part of the process. So it's a real thing. We'll go further into that. That's a whole lot to unpack. It's a bit of a longer episode, so I'll cut it out here. And we'll do maybe a part two. It depends how you guys feel. You know, some feedback. Um, let me know. Sorrydev.com, obviously. And facebook.com forward slash engineer IRL. Get all the latest. If you know someone, you know, subscribe on whatever it is that you're listening on. iTunes or whatever it is. It actually helps out a lot. And I will see you in the next episode. If you guys want to be part of the shout out rounds at the beginning of the podcast, join in at the uh, Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash engineer IRL and look out for the episode announcement uh, posts and then there'll be instructions there how you can be part of the next shout outs.